Welcome to Battlecry, empowering believers in Jesus Christ. Presented by My Battlecry is Jesus. This is our first episode of Battle Cry, and since we just celebrated Easter 2018 and we're currently in the middle of Passover week, for those who understand the significance of that, I feel that it's appropriate for our first episode to deal with the death and resurrection of Christ. A very popular and also a very difficult question to answer is, why did Jesus have to die? So we're going to attempt to answer this important question and hopefully we can learn something and more importantly grow closer in relationship to Jesus. I feel the more we learn about God and the more we understand his love for us, the closer we'll become to him and ultimately better serve him. Anyone who has lost someone they love will usually ask the question, why did they have to die? It's a fair question. When you lose someone that you love deeply, you demand answers, and it's natural to ask why. As Christians, Jesus is the closest person that we should be in relationship with. So it's natural to ask the question, why did Jesus have to die? Why did his death bring about the forgiveness of sins? And could there have been another way? Well, before we answer, let's establish some truth statements to lay a foundation to build upon. 1. God is all-powerful and can do all things. 2. God is spirit. He is not of this world because he created it, and he's above it. 3. As an all-powerful spirit, God cannot bleed, he cannot suffer, and he cannot die. So now that we've established these three truths, let's look at what scripture says about the death of Christ. Romans 3, starting at verse 22 says, Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. So what Apostle Paul is saying is that God sent forth Christ to declare his righteousness. The problem that needed solving through the death of Jesus was that God seemed to be unjust and wanted to clear his name. That's the basic issue. But what created that problem? Why did God face the problem of needing to clear his name and his righteousness? Well, the answer is found in that last phrase of verse 25 when it says, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. In other words, to declare his righteousness for the passing over of sins that are past. What does that mean? It means that for centuries God had been doing what Psalm 103.10 says, He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. God had been passing over trillions and trillions of sins, He had been letting them go and not punishing them. Through his self-restraint, God has not dealt with us as he should have. We should be very grateful for this grace, but there arises a new problem. God seems to be unrighteous. 
King David is a good example. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, David is confronted by the prophet Nathan for committing adultery with Bathsheba and then having her husband killed. Nathan says, Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Now David feels the rebuke of Nathan, and in 2 Samuel 12.13 he says, I have sinned against the Lord. And to this Nathan responds, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. So just like that, adultery and murder are just passed over. Uriah was betrayed and murdered just so someone could take his wife. Now what if you were the mother of Uriah, or what if he was your brother? Any judge that would just let these sins go would be unjust. David deserves to die, or at least be imprisoned for life, for going against God's commandment. But Nathan does not say that. He says, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. That is what Paul means in Romans 3.25 by the passing over of sins previously committed. But why is that a problem? Those who don't have a biblical mindset don't see a problem with God being kind to sinners. I mean, how many people wrestle with the problem that a holy and righteous God makes the sun rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust? How many Christians wrestle with the fact that their own forgiveness is a threat to the righteousness of God. Notice what it says in Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What's at stake when we sin is the glory of God. When Nathan confronts David, he quotes God as saying, Thou hast despised me. All sin is a despising of God. All sin is a preference for the temporary pleasures of the world over the everlasting joy of God's fellowship. David demeaned God's glory. He belittled God's worth. He dishonored God's name. And that is the meaning of sin, failing to love God's glory above everything else. Therefore, the problem of God passing over sin is that God seems to agree with those who despise his name and belittle his glory. But here's another powerful truth statement. Jesus didn't have to die. He chose to die. When we ask the question, why did Jesus have to die, we're proving that we don't understand the whole concept of the death and resurrection of Christ. The question we should ask is, why did Jesus choose to die? God is all-powerful, and he can do all things. And he can forgive all sins without a sacrifice being given. He can choose to do that. The problem with forgiveness without a punishment for your sin is that it's not just, and God desires to be just. Suppose a criminal should come before a judge, and that judge would simply excuse a crime of murder or rape simply because the judge loved the criminal. What would you think of such a judge? Is it just for a judge to pardon a criminal because the criminal is his son or daughter? Genesis 19.25 says, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And if God is to judge rightly, then there must be judgment for our sins. God saw his glory being despised by sinners. He saw his worth belittled and his name dishonored by our sins. But rather than vindicating the worth of his glory by slaying his people, he vindicated his glory by slaying his son. 
God could have settled everything by punishing all sinners with hell. And this would have demonstrated that he does not condone our falling short of his glory or belittling his honor. But God did not want to destroy. Just like Jesus said in John 3.17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And we know this truth well. We know well that God is for us. We know that our salvation is his goal in sending Jesus. But do we know the foundation of it all? Do we realize that the accomplishment of our salvation does not center on us, but on God's glory? God was willing to forgive us, but to stay true to his character, there had to be judgment for our sins. Now since God could not bleed, suffer, or die as an all-powerful spirit, he created this natural world so that he could enter it. He created time so that he and all of us would not have to stay here, but we could all live together with him in eternity. He came as a man so that he could bleed, and he could suffer, and he could die. And God foretold of his coming for centuries by saying through the prophets that there would be a Messiah. And when he came, his name was Jesus. This is why Jesus said, I and my Father are one. However, Jesus was a man that could bleed, and he could suffer, and he could die. This is why Jesus could also say, my Father is greater than I. As the promised Messiah, Jesus is the mighty God and the everlasting Father that the prophet Isaiah wrote about in Isaiah 9.6. God died on a Roman cross as punishment for our sins so that he could still be just when he forgives us of our sins. And by his own power, God raised from the dead three days later because even death was created by God and it submits to his will. God created all the laws of nature. He created all the laws of science and all the laws of physics, all the laws of mathematics. Every law that states how and why the universe works the way it does, God created. He also gave us laws on which we should live by, such as loving your neighbor as yourself. But there is one more law that he gave that is the very most important law for us to know and understand for our salvation. In order to receive forgiveness for our sins, we must believe and trust in Jesus Christ. John 3.36, Jesus says, He that believes on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. In John 6.47, Jesus says, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith. And Romans 3.22 says, Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. The righteousness of God is given to all that believe because of their faith in Jesus Christ. This is all we have for today. I hope you are able to learn something new, and I hope this lesson helps you grow closer to God. For more lessons and messages, follow us on Facebook at My Battle Cry is Jesus.